1: Back, Notre Dame fans, Irish Breakdown Nation, Ivy Nation. We're back for another look at this matchup between Notre Dame and South Carolina and the Gator Bowl. Ryan, we've talked a little bit about it. We haven't spent as t- – there's just been so much going on. We haven't been able to spend as much time as I, I wish we could have with recruiting and just all the other – the different things going on. But, man, I really am excited about this game. I fly out tomorrow. My flight got canceled. I had to reschedule. I fly out tomorrow. I'm excited to get down there and be there for this game because, you know, I, I, somebody on the message board today said, oh, you know, bowls are dead and, and I don't really care. I'm thinking about that. Look, this is an important game for Notre Dame. I don't care what you think of bowl season. This is an important game for Notre Dame. This right. is a game they have to win. And today we're going to kind of talk about some of the matchups that we think could be impactful in this game, some of the intriguing aspects of it, the aspects of the game. You know, we'd normally do like a stacking up thing. We're not going to do that whole stacking up, but there's a couple areas that are very intriguing. Then we're going to dive into our keys to victory for Notre Dame on both sides of the ball. And then, of course, we'll wrap it up with a mailbag if you guys have some questions. Tomorrow, just so you know, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, my flight's later in the day. So I will have a a uh, – we'll, we'll do a game prediction uh, thread, or I mean uh, show first. So we'll just start that at 1. And then we'll – obviously games on Friday. So uh, we'll have a post-game show that day. And then uh, I think Sunday, Vince and I will do a – Upon further review on Sunday night, so we'll have that as well. And then, of course, Vince and Sean. Well, on Friday morning, we'll have their countdown to kickoff show on Friday. So that's what we got going on, Ryan. So let's let's dive into this. When I look at this matchup, Ryan, this is a really intriguing game because on paper, eight and four teams. South mm-hmm. Carolina ranked nineteenth. Notre Dame ranked twenty first. Carolina finished the year strong. South Carolina finished the year strong with two really great wins. Notre Dame lost their last game, but still, I think, finished the season well because they won five of their last six. These are two teams that that have a chance to go into this offseason with much-needed momentum under young coaches. Obviously, Shane Beamer's in year two, I believe, at South Carolina. Yep. Marcus Freeman in year one. They're both younger guys. There's a lot of that on, on paper that looks similar, big picture, but they're two very different teams that got here in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that makes this matchup intriguing. Is is their 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 resumes are similar, but these are two very different teams, and it's going to create for I think different contrasting styles. The only thing they really have in common is great special teams. They're both great on special teams, which you would expect from a a, a team coached by the the uh, the uh, child of Frank Beamer, right? I mean. You- you kind not expect that. He might not be invited to Thanksgiving dinners if he didn't have great special teams anymore, family dinners. But, Ryan, that's the thing that's intriguing is that this, these are – there's so many big-picture things that are similar, record ranking and all that. But, man, these are two really different teams that can kind of create some really intriguing matchups in this game.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – Go to your happy place for a happy price.
2: Go to your happy price, price line. Yeah, I, I mean, when Notre Dame is facing off against a team that just had a really nice end to their season, right? And we talk about, I mean, beginning of the year, I, I mean, I will not lie, there was a few moments in the beginning or middle of the year where I was kind of like, eh, not sure if Shane Beamer's the dude, you know? Like, I'm not 100%. And then he, comes in the last two games of the season and they dominate Tennessee and then they beat Clemson obviously in the rivalry game in the in-state rivalry. So they're all, they're trending in a very good direction. Shane Beamer looks like he has the ship going in the right, right way, obviously. And they're playing their best football in the most important stretch of the season. So they're trying to gain the momentum going into the off season, just like Notre Dame is trying to recapture and continue that momentum going into the off season. So I think the, things that they have in common outside of the great special teams is that both of these teams have had semblance of success in the season, things that they can take to their future successes and what they want to build off of. And they both want to start the 2022 off season, going into the 2023 season off on a strong note. And I think that's what the presents for this team. This is a, it's a morale boost. It's a a boost that things are trying to get the right direction. And that 2023 has a lot of, the makings of a really great baseline and something to build off, if of, I think for both squads.
1: Now here, let's dive into the other aspects, Ryan. We get into the nitty gritty where they're not similar, and that is pretty much in how they go about their business. I mean, they're different structural teams. Offensively, they're di- they're structured very differently. Defensively, their strengths yep. of the personnel is different. The weaknesses of their personnel is different. There's the biggest one for me, Ryan, when you break these two teams down, and, and we'll get we'll get into specifics of this as well during the during the keys to victory because these are both going to be important keys. But you look at Notre Dame and it's a strong running game. Their run defense has been inconsistent, but overall solid and at yep. times really good. And at times, you're, who is this team, right? A little inconsistent, but but pretty, pretty solid there against a South Carolina team that is built around having a really strong pass offense and a really strong pass defense, a pass offense at times. Mm-hmm. right but they're a team that struggled to run the football their top two rushers are out their yep. top two rushers that are playing in this game combined for under 400 yards this year and in the you know three point i think 3.8 3.9 yards per carry and then of course their their rush defense gave up over 200 yards like what like five or six times this year and so that right there is the biggest contrast is one team wants to spread it out be athletic use their athletes the other team wants to be physical and dominate in the trenches and it 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 really epitomizes what you think of when you think of a stereotypical northern team playing a southern team. Yeah. I mean, this game really epitomizes that stereotype. Now, that's not always true. That's often not true. I mean, Ohio State and Georgia are polar opposites, right? It's the northern team that's the fast, spread the ball around, throw it all over the yard. Yeah. It's the southern team that wants to play physical football. But you know, when you look at just the athletes and the and the kind of the way the game has gone, this is a stereotypical north versus south battle in in college football. One team is big, physical, wants to run it. The other team is smaller. They want to use their athleticism to their advantage, and that that is going to be a big part of this game is which one of those two wins the day in this matchup, Brian?
2: Yeah, and I feel like Notre Dame has had a few of these matchups this year, Brian. Like you think about the Ohio States that you mentioned already against North Carolina. Like they've had some of these games where – their profile and their philosophy is just polar opposite to who you're playing. And I think that it's an interesting conversation always when those two things align, when you have such a polar opposite opponent is that something has to break at some point, right? It's like their strengths are going to take over or your strengths are going to take over. And that always happens. You know, there's always a breaking point in a football game. So being able to see just how these two teams match up and the fact that they're so differently, I'm looking forward to seeing which team strengths Notre Dame's or South Carolina's which one of them rise to the top and are the biggest kind of separator between the two teams because I think that that is going to be the one that wins this football game is the ones that strengths shine a little bit more than the others. so I'd love the matchup of polar opposites because I feel like at some point something's got to break you know a strength that you have is going to be something that lets up a big play a strength that they have is going to let up a big play and you have to see which one of them obviously lasts and is kind of playing the long game a little bit. Right.
1: Well, I think you see right here, Ryan, I mean, we we pulled up, you know, this is from the article that we, that we did the stacking up article. And you'll see, this is the Notre Dame rushing offense against the Clemson or Clemson. That's another thing they both have in common is they both beat Clemson this year, but against the South Carolina rush defense. And, and, and you see it right here. I mean, Notre Dame is a, a team that ran the ball well. For most of the season, and even here, Ryan, these numbers are a little bit misleading because obviously Notre Dame didn't run the ball well the first three games of the year, but in their last nine games, they averaged 204.4 yards per game, right? And that's going to make for an intriguing matchup. We'll get into the specifics of how Notre Dame can run the ball or not, but then you see on the other side of the ball, and they don't run the ball very well either, and the only time they really ran the ball effectively this year, South Carolina, was when Marshawn Lloyd was healthy. He averaged like about 5.2, 5.3 yards a carry. Very talented back, former five-star kid. But he's obviously been banged up all year, and now he's in the portal and not going to play in this game. It got so bad at one point, they had to put their tight end Jaheim Bell at running back. (laughs) And he did okay, I mean, when you consider for a tight end. And now he's gone too. And and so he's in the portal. He's headed to Florida State. So I think these numbers right here are just really just staggering when you look at it. And I think this is a key right here is – for a team that does as much movement as South Carolina does uh, on defense and does as much attempts to penetrate and play downhill, they don't create a lot of negatives. Yeah. And, and so that's one of the interesting things and Notre Dame is limited. That's going to have to continue to hold true in this game, but this is just, and they give up a lot of negatives on the other side of the ball, which is very interesting. Now, one of the intriguing aspects of this matchup is, is that South Carolina will have a different play caller. They haven't said who that is because coaches, live in this fantasy world, like things like not telling people who are going to call plays is somehow going to be this big mystery that just means you're going to win the game. Like, look, you are who you are. We know who your personnel is. We know who the coaches you hired. They have track records, you know, but yep. uh, whatever. It is what it is. But they will have a new play caller for this game, but their personnel doesn't, doesn't change for the better with going into this bowl game than what it was in the season, right? So the the battle in the trenches will be key to this game. And then the other aspect of it that's very intriguing is you know, this is a South Carolina team, and I know you guys talked about it yesterday, that, that was a pretty good pass defense. And their pass defense, even though they were very susceptible to big plays, which we'll get into later in the Keys to Victory, but they were also created a lot of mistakes in the past game. And that was one of the things that that made me think they might actually have a shot against Tennessee was the fact that they do create some disruptions in the pass game. And then, of course, they're going against a Notre Dame offense that hasn't been very good thrown the football all year. So it's like polar opposites on that side of the ball and that matchups. And so that's another aspect that makes us – which struggling aspect of these two teams steps up and plays well? Will it be the South Carolina rush defense, the South Carolina rush offense, the Notre Dame pass offense? Like which part of it is going to be key? Because in a game like this, Ryan, where you do have two pretty evenly matched teams you know, where their strengths are similar in regard to they're good at doing this. The other team's good at doing this. The, both of their strengths are similar. South Carolina's pass offense. When it's good, it's really good. When it's off, Mm -hmm. it's not good. That's the same as the Notre Dame rush offense, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. last nine games you talked about, they averaged over 200 yards, but they had three games or two games down the stretch where they were held under hundred yards, you know, rushing. So very inconsistent just like the South Carolina pass offense. So, it just continues that whole trend of these are very similar teams. They go about it differently, mm-hmm. but the results are the same. So, I mean, that's that's the fun part about this, Ryan, is which aspect of the team that is a strength plays like it. Right. But the outcome could ultimately be determined by which team's weakness isn't a weakness in this game. I think that more than even the strengths could be a big part of who wins this football game.
2: Well, I think it's, it's really interesting, too, when you talk about the styles of the two teams, too, Brian. Like, obviously, Notre Dame is built off of the ability to run the football and to be a little bit methodical offensively, right? Like, they're not a big play team. At least they haven't been for the majority of the season. So they're a team that is built off of long, sustaining drives, chewing up clock, controlling the tempo. South Carolina, on the other hand, I would say it's kind of a feast or famine team on both sides of the football. You know, either they are creating big plays or they're not sustaining, right? Like that's really what, especially pass offense wise. I mean, Spencer Rattler is not the type that's going to go, you know, a ten play drive, go eight for eight for ninety yards and a touchdown, right? Like he's going to go four for five and hit a fifty yarder for a big play during that drive, right? Like that's they are they are their only sustaining factor offensively is that they have a they have an opportunity to create some big plays at times. So Notre Dame is, I would call, a methodical type of team not incredibly explosive. At least they haven't been up to this point. They're a team that is built off of, you know, sustaining, sustaining, but then South Carolina is a team that is not in the least built on sustaining. They don't run the football very well. They're not methodically driven from a passing game perspective. They really are a feast or famine team. So even talking about just what's a strength for each team, I think philosophy style wise, they're also completely polar opposites. So at the end of the day, Either South Carolina is going to create a bunch of big plays and, and on both sides of the ball and come out with a victory here, or Notre Dame is going to control the tempo and be able to you know, kind of do what they do and control their identity the right way. But again, you're talking about a team that is just so much different than how you're built. This is a team that is not the same, and that makes for some uncertainty, right? Outside of the players that aren't going to play during the game, they are a different structural team that you are not used to, obviously. That's the other piece about this game, Ryan, Mm -hmm.
1: is, and we're being a little bit repetitive because I know you and Vince talked about this yesterday, but I I wanted to talk about it. A lot of the things that led to your strengths aren't there anymore. Notre Dame was who they were because of having the best tight end in college football. He's not there. How does that impact your ability to go do what you do? On the other side of the ball, part of what made South Carolina's defense be sort of that, that boomer bus group, that high risk, high reward team that plays a lot of cover one and takes a lot of risks and 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 does all those things was you had two really good corners. We actually had three really good corners. Two of them are gone. They're going to the NFL. And you know, so you look at different aspects. Notre Dame, what's one of the keys that we would have had in this game, looking at it right when the season was over with everybody that you know still on the roster? Boy, you got to get after the quarterback. They're not a team that really protects the quarterback that well. This quarterback is one of the worst in power five when it comes to how he performs when pressured. And boy, Notre Dame's got an all American defensive end. Well, he's not there anymore. You know, uh tight, tight end, it's a big part of that South Carolina offense. They throw to the tight ends a lot. Two of their three are gone, right? There's just so many aspects of this. Josh Van, is he going to play or not? You know, he's, he's been healthy. There's so many aspects of this game where what you were during the season is not there anymore, and I think that right. adds to the difficulty of. I mean, we're going through these, these games, and, and you know, I'm, I'm having a we're making predictions at ours breakdown. So today we have predictions for Florida State, Oklahoma, and then we also had predictions for Texas and Washington. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking my gut reaction for that prediction of the Texas game was completely different once I started breaking the game down because there is no B. Sean Robinson anymore, there is no Rashawn Johnson anymore. He even opted out, you know. So then it's like, well okay, well, I don't know what this Texas team is now because they're, they're, they're what made them who they were – what when they were good this year, what made them that team is gone. Does right. that mean other guys step up or not? That's what's so fascinating about this is this is where your breakouts happen in these games, right? This is where your 220, 2023 team is going to start to have its stars identified in games like this because the stars that were there already are gone for mm-hmm. a lot of teams. Now, that's not true everywhere. I mean, Bryce Young and Will Anderson are playing this bowl game. Huge props to those two kids. They have no, they have nothing to prove in these mm-hmm. games. Nothing. And it says a lot about them that they're playing. Love it. Love it. Notre Dame. I mean, Isaiah Foskey opted out. Michael Mayer opted out. I don't think Isaiah Foskey made the right decision. I, I think Michael Mayer did. I, mm-hmm. Michael Mayer only risks hurting himself in a game like this. Right. Literally. Mm-hmm. By playing in a game like this. I still think Isaiah Foskey has a lot to prove. I mean, you even advocated he should have not only come back for the bowl game, but next season at Notre Dame, but it is what it is. But Jarrett Patterson's still playing. That's huge, right? You're not going to have Cam Hart who's injured, but you you get Tariq Bracey back from injury. Sounds like Brandon Joseph is going to play in this game. So Notre Dame didn't have a lot of opt-outs in this game. Uh, Drew Pine, obviously, but that's because he wasn't guaranteed the starting job, right? And he probably wouldn't have started even if he would have stayed. You know, South Carolina lost the two corners, lost Zach Pickens along the defensive line, lost their two tight ends, lost Marshawn Lloyd. And so you look at these two teams and you're like, man, these are just going to be two completely different looking teams. Who steps up? And that's going to be one of the fascinating storylines of this game. Who steps up with Michael Mayer out? Because if nobody steps up, Ryan, they're not going to win this game. And Or if they do, it's going to be like 17 to 13, right? Somebody's got to step up for Notre Dame. Who steps up along the defensive line with Isaiah Foskey out? You know, Which veteran caps his career off in impressive fashion? And the same thing's going to be true if we were doing this from a South Carolina standpoint. Who steps up with, you know, because like the tight ends were banged up against, was it Clemson, and, and Nate Atkins steps up and makes some big plays in that game, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches, one of the coaches' kids, right? So he stepped up in a, in a big moment. Who does that on defense for South Carolina in this game? Who does it in the pass game on, for South Carolina in this game? This is what makes this such a fascinating, fascinating game to, to prepare, pr- prepare for and a hard game to predict, to be completely honest yes. with you, Ryan. This
0: is the story of the one.
2: I mean, I feel like most of the games, to your point about the Texas-Washington game, like a lot of these games are really hard to predict because it's because you're using – look, we're film guys, obviously, right? So we're going to watch film, and then we're going to use the statistics and and things to back up what our eyes are seeing, right? You showed some of the statistics already, but the fact that your two leading rushers for South Carolina aren't playing, your two best tight ends aren't playing, your two best cover men on the back end aren't playing, your best defensive linemen – isn't playing, it kind of makes those stats void a a little bit. You know, like it doesn't 100% matter because it's not built upon what you've been during the season. So we're left to just the film. And the problem is that when you're watching the film, you're seeing Marshawn Lloyd run the football, right? You're seeing Jaheim Bell in the passing game. You're seeing Cam Smith cover the team's best receiver on the other side. So it is a big question mark. It's a big wild card. I'm sure South Carolina has some dudes. I know, you know, yesterday on the show, that Vince was talking about their other corner that's still playing in this football game that he likes him, and I'm sure that they're going to have a few kids. Antoine Wells obviously is their best receiver, like they're going right. to supplement in different ways, and they still are going to have some talented football players. There's no doubt. So you're not going to come sleepwalking into this game. It's just so difficult to predict right now what a team's going to be. You know, like we talked about Notre Dame for a couple of weeks, Brian. It's like okay, you don't have Michael Mayer, but that gives you the opportunity for. Tobias Merriweather, right back healthy. Deion Colsey. Deon- Bingo. Bryant. Be it like, so the g- the passing game is going to look different, but it could still be really successful. It's just going to be different. Different. is isn't always a bad thing. Right. It's just different, Right. But the fact is, is that we're, you're playing with two teams here in this bowl game that you're not hundred percent sure what their identity is. You're not sure mm-hmm. who they are as a football team. You know, South Carolina won their last two football games against two pretty good football teams in Tennessee and Clemson, but, Again, they're not 100% the same team that they were doing those games as well. So it's going to be fascinating to watch just how much different they look or how much they stayed the same and that they just have guys that step up a little bit. Here's another aspect of it. How much of those victories, and this isn't meant
1: to take anything away from South Carolina, but it's part of the conversation, right? How much of those wins were about them playing well, which to a degree it was, and then how much of those wins were about those teams not playing well? You know, they beat South Carolina by one point in a game where their starting quarterback went eight of 29, eight of 29. You know, if Cade Klubnik gets put into that game and plays the way he did in the ACC title game, South Carolina is seven and five and Notre Dame's got a different opponent in this game. Right. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But they didn't. They did make those plays. They did step up. They did take advantage of DJ having an off game. And they were part of the reason he had an off game was because of the tight coverage and and then making him throw in the tight windows and he's not good at throwing in the tight windows. Right. But then you look at the Tennessee game and, and, you know, you, you look at what happened there. That was an implosion of a locker room divided, all this kind of stuff doesn't take away from the plays that they made. It right. just kind of, it's like, that's what this game is about. Right. Is like, Tennessee was kind of trending in one direction and South Carolina took advantage. Oh, and props to them. Cause that was a week after they got annihilated by Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't speak enough about how good of a coaching job that was and, and, I don't know about the leadership at South Carolina because we don't cover South Carolina, Mm -hmm. but I would not be shocked to find out that there is good player leadership to, to see a team. You know, Tennessee has all the reason in the world to go to that game excited and fired up and ready to play. They're in the top four. They're a playoff team and they're having these internal locker room struggles about NIL and all this other nonsense, right? South Carolina's lost two out of three, just coming off getting their absolute tails beat against Florida. And you'd have thought South Carolina was the team playing for a playoff spot in that game. Mm-hmm. And it's Tennessee was the team ready to implode and didn't want to be there. And it just says a lot about what I think Frank or Frank Beamer, Shane Beamer's building there. And, and why I think they will be ready for this game. That's the, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. That's why I think South Carolina will be ready for this game. They have shown they will, they can handle adversity. They've bounced back from some bad losses this year. Uh, they've bounced back from, losing streak this year, like Notre Dame had early in the year. both of these teams had early uh, in the season two game losses. now, of course, n- one of them was equal. I mean, they Georgia beat South Carolina, Notre Dame lost Ohio State. Of course, Georgia beat South Carolina very badly. but then that also fo- that followed a loss to Arkansas. Of course, Notre Dame had a second loss, which was much uglier, losing to Marshall, right? But they both bounced back. You know, yep. you go out and get beat by South Carolina 48 7. Then they got to play Charlotte the next week, blow them out. And then they have to play South Carolina State on a short field, a short week because of the hurricane that was coming at the time. And then they went on the road and beat Kentucky. And then their season was kind of back on track, you think. And then they lose two out of three to Missouri and Florida. And sandwich in between that is a not overly impressive road win over Vanderbilt. And you're like, well, how's this team going to respond? They're six and four, they're fading. And then, boom, back to back top 10 wins. Yep. So I can assure you South Carolina will come into this game ready to play. Yep. There's no doubt. They will be ready to play. They, it, this isn't going to be one of those, well, they didn't want to be here moments. Well, they
2: will be ready to play. Brian, we talked about it yesterday. I mean, can you imagine how high this South Carolina team is going to feel going into the going into the offseason if their last three wins over Tennessee, who was ranked in the top four, ranked against – played against Clemson, beat an in-state rival – and then beat Notre Dame in a bowl yes. game like that is. Yes, that's a nice little resume to yeah. finish off. You had nine and four The yes. last three wins are that magnitude like you're feeling good about yourself going right. into next season.
1: Right. I mean, and you do to talk about names during the season. They would have also earned a win over Texas A&M. That's mm-hmm. another name program. Now, they're not good, but it's a name program. That's a program they're trying to overcome on the recruiting trail to get this thing going. Yep. So, yes, you are 100% right. They will be ready to play, and it's a big game for Notre Dame, too. I'm more concerned about whether or not Notre Dame is ready to play than I will be South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's not a saying that I'm concerned about Notre Dame. I'm just saying there's more reasons for Notre Dame to overlook South Carolina than the other way around. I agree. It is Agreed my point. That. And that, this is partly why Notre Dame didn't want the the news that that we will discuss after the bowl game. But, you know, not going to get into it, but the shame, Sam Hartman stuff. This is why they didn't want that to get out before the bowl game. Because they don't want any distractions; they just want it to be about this team. Yep. So I'm looking to I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how it goes, Ryan. So that's kind of the matchup aspect of this game, and we'll get into the keys to Victor here in a little bit. But it it really is a fascinating game, and I, I feel sad for the people that just aren't excited about this game because they've just allowed the national narrative about the the unimportance of bowl games to distract it. Because this is I think it's going to be a really good game, and I think it's an important game. It really is.
2: It Imagine really not is. being excited about Notre Dame football, man. Imagine right. could not be me. Notre Dame could go into this game 0 twelve and I would still be pumped up about it. Right. So right. Just me.
1: No, that's it. That's the matchup part of this game, Ryan. Uh, and just sort of what's at stake for the Irish as they get ready to uh to play South Carolina.